0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. This nomination is confirmed. Katanji Brown Jackson, the first African American woman ever to hold the title of justice. Make our justice system look much more like America. A wave of COVID cases hits Washington. We have incredibly stringent protocols to keep the president safe. Title 42. We're going to take the
1: border to Biden. The human toe of Putin's brutality.
0: Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
2: Sorry, uh, chuckles the clown Schumer. I don't think uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson makes it look more like America. I think it's eh, pick some <laughs> Eastern socialist uh, country. and She'll make it look, look more like that. I mentioned this yesterday. I mean, they're, all the libs are going bonkers over Katanji Brown, not because she's a black woman, because she's a social justice activist, and she will bring that to the court. Sorry, if you're, I'm, you know, I'm sure she's a nice lady, but that's about uh, as far as I would go on her endorsements. Uh, she's She's... Pretty obviously, not going to uphold the Constitution. So again, no. I, I do not understand why these Republicans, who are so concerned that they'll be called a racist if they if they express concerns over where she stands on the Constitution, it, it's it's mind boggling to me that they have to come out and say, "Oh, she's highly qualified." No, she's not. A a justice going on to the Supreme Court who does not embrace the Constitution, who is not an originalist, ought not to be called extremely uh, credible and uh, highly qualified. Hey, listen, this is a a big weekend for Eastern North Carolina. Uh, Pirate Fest, the annual festival for all pirates, is going to take place uh, today and tomorrow in Uptown Greenville. So uh, regardless of your age, come on out to the banks of the Tara River in Uptown Greenville. This is the 15th year for the Pirate Fest, and uh, it takes over pretty much all of downtown. And uh, we'll have all kinds of uh, foods to sample, and there's a beer garden. There'll be a BMX performance, uh, sword fighting. And, of course, there's the uh, spring game football uh, tomorrow. So uh, some 35,000 people are going to show up down in the Southern part of our listening area, down in Wilmington, the Azalea festival continues through Sunday. That's been happening all week. Uh, this has been going on for 75 years and they're expecting some 300,000 people. Again, all kinds of fun things to do, all kinds of good food to eat. Um, some 300,000 people, apparently the, according to UNCW, the North Carolina Azalea festival, has a $50 million impact on the uh, region. And uh, if you want to head down to Wilmington this weekend, uh, go online to ncazaleafestival.org. So whether it's uh, in Greenville or Wilmington or head a little bit to the west, the uh, big Donald Trump rally is happening at the Farm at 95. That's located at 215 Batten Road, now, to give you the lowdown, this is the the big Trump rally, which he's coming in to endorse a bunch of people, uh, promote a bunch of people. Primarily, the the, the keynote uh, endorsee is Ted Budd. Uh, although we're going to have uh, Mark Robinson's going to be there, uh, Greg Murphy's going to speak, Dan Bishop's going to speak, Madison Cawthorn's supposed to be there. Um, Rain or shine, it's going to happen. It looks like the weather forecast is going to be cool and sunny, upper 50s, so uh, take a jacket. Um, note, there will be an Americans with Disability entrance and bathrooms available. Uh, accessible parking and seating will also be available on a first-come, first-served basis. There will be food and drinks inside and outside the venue uh outside food is not allowed inside though. So if you buy from the food Why? truck, you can't well, it's just the rules. I <laughs> uh parking for the event opens at 8 a.m. Doors open at 2 p.m. The event is scheduled to start at 4 p.m. Trump will be speaking at 7 p.m. Uh if you wait to seven p.m. you're not gonna get in. And we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we will. Uh, attendees are encouraged to show up as early as they can, since admission will be first come first serve. Uh, by the way, if you want to take your RV down there, they actually started admitting RVs to the site yesterday, so you can go and camp down there if you want. Which, uh, if you got an RV, is probably not a bad way to go because of the crowd getting out of there. It's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of folks getting in and a lot of folks getting out. If you want tickets, you can still get tickets as of tonight. uh, Go online to donaldjtrump.com forward slash events. Tickets first come, first serve. These events, usually they'll they'll hand out way more tickets than the people who request them because obviously you're going to have a lot of no-shows, but uh, they want to get as many folks in as they can. After you submit your request for the tickets, you'll get a text message Once you get that, you're confirmed. Um, People are listen to this part. If you're going to go, you're not allowed to bring a chair. There will be limited seating there, but that's pretty limited. But you're not you're going to have to stand if you don't get one of those seats. Uh, Now, if you're disabled, you can uh, take in wheelchairs and stuff that will meet your disability stuff. Um, attendees, you cannot bring an umbrella. Well, you're not going to need an umbrella. You can't bring coolers. You can't bring alcoholic drinks. Uh, you actually cannot bring signs and poles and banners and those kind of things as well. So, um, uh, obviously you're not, can't, cannot bring firearms and weapons. Um, let's see. Oh, if you, if you can't make it and you want to go, uh, but you can't make it cause you got something else to do. Uh, You can watch it online. Newsmax TV will be carrying it starting at 6 p.m. You can find your provider, newsmaxtv.com slash us. Rumble, we're on Rumble, so is Trump. Rumble will be carrying it um, at 7 o'clock. Right Side Broadcasting Network, which they stream all of uh, Trump's events. Uh, You can find them on their YouTube channel. I think you can find them on Roku as well, the Right Side TV channel. So there you go. That's what's going on in Eastern North Carolina this weekend. On to the news. A sad story out of, uh, Ukraine town of, uh, Kramatsork. I'm sure I'm hacking that up. Uh, The Russians attacked a train station there. So far, I mean, the the number is increasing as the day goes on. Uh, There's at least 50 people who have lost their lives, including children. The mayor there told Ukrainian TV that between 30 and 40 surgeons were treating the wounded. Apparently hundreds, 50 killed, hundreds wounded. The official Ukrainian prosecutor general said about 4,000 civilians were in and around the train station, most of them women and children, uh, when the Russians decided they would uh, fire upon the train station. Uh, m- mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. And yet, and yet, the Russian government continues to say this is propaganda. Wow. The New York Post has uh, got a story out today that makes you just shake your head. I mean, we all remember when we had the Mitt Romney-Barack Obama debates, and the two were asked what the biggest threat was to the United States. Mitt Romney said Russia, to which Barack Obama basically In a snarky fashion, said, you know, the 1980s called they want their foreign policy back. We all remember that. The president was a part, we talked about this event yesterday. We had some audio from this event yesterday as it related to uh, Applebaum talking about how she had no real interest in Hunter Biden and that it was an irrelevant story. Uh, In that same forum, Jeffrey Goldberg was interviewing Barack Hussein Obama. Uh, The name of the event was the Disinformation and Erosion of Democracy Conference, put on by the University of Chicago. By the way, as a side note, the, the number of young people at the University of Chicago that have stood up to... Liberals and liberal uh, journalists, I repeat myself, both the politicians and the journalists, I- I'm extremely impressed, not only at the level of intelligence and questions that are coming out of these young people challenging individuals from the left, but, uh, I mean, they're, it's, it's not only intelligent, but they're brave. I mean, th- these are college kids— coming up and challenging people that have decades of experience on them. They have massive bully pulpits. And yet these young people are getting up and asking great questions and challenging these people in ways that uh, makes you proud. Anyway, getting back to Barack Hussein Obama, he was at this disinformation and the erosion of democracy conference. He told the audience and Jeffrey Goldberg, that he had been encouraged by the global response to aid Ukraine after Putin invaded the country in February. He also remarked that when he was president, he recalled having to drag the United States allies to take action against Russia. Here he is. Cut one.
1: I will say that as somebody who grappled with uh, the incursion into Crimea, and the eastern portions of of ukraine uh i have been encouraged by the european reaction because in 2014 uh i often had to drag them kicking and screaming to respond in ways that we would have wanted to uh see from you know those of us who who describe ourselves as as western democracies um In terms of Putin and where he takes this, there's been a lot of uh, literature about this, a lot of reporting about this. I don't know that the person I knew is the same as the person who is now leading this charge. He was always ruthless. You witness what he did in Chechnya He had no qualms about uh, crushing those who he considered a threat. That's not new.
2: (laughs) This is laughable. I remember that hot mic moment. I'm paraphrasing here, but Obama said, well, you know, tell comrade Putin that uh, once the election is over, you know, we'll be able to get together and work work these things out. Uh, Obama's portrayal of how his presidency was tough on Russia. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's gotten a lot of pushback on this. I mean, it is laughable that suddenly he is trying to frame himself as this military hawk that stood up to Putin. And and it's just as laughable as Biden saying, I'll go toe-to-toe with Putin. Yeah, right. Uh, Terrorism expert and Northeastern University international security professor Max Abrams blasted Obama, Quote, watch Obama's self-serving revisionist history of how his administration responded the last time Russia invaded Ukraine in 2014, Abrams wrote. Mark Hemingway, senior writer at Real Clear Investigations, mocked Obama, tweeting, quote, grappled, did nothing after spending years mocking anyone that thought Russia was treating, was threatening, rather, and still refused to arm Ukraine. Yeah. Obama did nothing? When, when uh, Putin went into Crimea, isn't it interesting that Putin goes into Crimea under Obama, does nothing under Trump, and then goes back in under Biden? Several users remembered Obama's infamous 2012 presidential debate moment when he mocked Republican nominee Mitt Romney. Remember that? I mentioned that already. Uh, Stephen Miller, contributing editor to The Spectator, shared an image of Romney laughing. Any, quote, anybody know if Jeffrey Goldberg, who was the host of this event uh, when Obama was on there, uh, this disinformation event, uh, did anybody ask Obama about his 80s call jab at Romney? Good question to have been asked. In a thread, popular con- conservative Twitter account, A.G. Hamilton 29 said, uh, gee, I remember things differently. Hmm. I definitely remember this was going a little differently. What I remembered is that after Russia separatists shot down a civilian airliner and Russia invaded a sovereign country, we just passed weak targeted sanctions, all because Obama wanted Putin's help with his Iranian deal. Bingo. And, and, and now we have a president who calls uh, Putin a war criminal, and yet Biden still wants Putin – and his government to oversee the Iranian 2.0 deal? Then Obama was publicly thanking Putin less than a year later, after they shot down the airline, after they invaded um, Crimea. It's no wonder that Putin assumed international costs of another invasion of Ukraine would be relatively low. Yeah, because you got Obama 2.0 in the White House now. At the same event, Obama... Um, told Putin he had always been ruthless, but five years ago, he wouldn't have predicted Putin would have invaded Ukraine. For him to bet the farm in this way, I'm not, I wouldn't have necessarily predicted from him five years ago. Paul Nealon, a businessman who has resided in Ukraine for 20 years, noted that Russia invaded Ukraine eight years ago when Obama was still president. Conservative author and columnist Derek Hunter highlighted the time Obama was caught on the hot mic, remember this, Uh, It was uh, telling Russian Dmitry Medvedev in 2012, I'll have more flexibility after the election. Um, This is a joke. This is a joke. Obama was a patsy for Biden, uh, uh, um, for Biden too, for Putin. And for him to now come and act like I'm this big military hawk is a joke, an absolute joke. Hey, we've got to take a timeout, snow with us. Lots more to talk about. Friday's edition of News
0: & Views continues right after this. This is your Drive at 5, and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News & Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
2: Welcome back again. Quick look at your weather forecast. Uh, pretty good-looking weekend. A little on the cool side, but uh, overall, it's going to have a lot of sunshine in the forecast. Um, tonight, partly cloudy, a low around 44 sunshine with some clouds tomorrow, a high of 61, pretty much the same for Sunday with a high of 63, lots of sunshine lows overnight will be in the upper thirties. However, so a little crisp, um, will uh, I, I love this kind of weather. Uh, I, I love weather. That's, um, you got to put a sweatshirt on at night, but, uh, you can wear a golf shirt during the day. My kind of weather. Reuters is reporting in the Keystone State of Pennsylvania, voters who have been voting Democratic for three decades are jumping ship, and it's not just in Pennsylvania. Republicans are registering formally Democrat voters at four times the rate that Democrats are making the reverse conversion. This is in Pennsylvania. Um, if you're wondering how things are going to go for Democrats— uh, according to voter registration, which actually is pretty significant. Uh, they're they're going to get three votes for every one that the Democrats are going to get. The Republicans will. Quote, I just got fed up and I just felt like there has got to be a better way, said Beth Jones, 48, retired Philadelphia officer, police officer, who last month registered as a Republican, ending her three-decade affiliation with the Democrat Party. Reuters examined registration data in six states that could see tight U.S. Senate races in November and which generally required voters to be members of a party to participate in the nominating contest, the primary. While each state tracks voter registration differently, the review pointed to Republican gains in four of those states with no substantial difference in two of them. While registered Democrats still outnumber registered Republicans by more than a half million in Pennsylvania, 4 million Democrats to 3.4 million Republicans, the long-held Democrat advantage continues to narrow, and again, we're talking about a four-to-one ratio of new Republicans compared to new Democrats, In here in North Carolina, where a tight Senate race is expected due to the retirement of Richard Burr. Republicans so far this year have picked up three Democrat converts for every one Democrat that the Democrats have picked up. Liberals need to understand, and this is the truth here, they need to understand that they are in the minority. Now you say, what are you talking about, Tom? Uh, We have all these Democrats. You just said that in Pennsylvania there's 4 million Democrats to 3.6 million Republicans. I'm talking about how people vote. How many, listen, there are very few Republicans that are going to come back and vote for Democrats. However, there are a significant number of Democrats that will come over and vote for Republicans. And there are a number of independents that are highly unlikely to vote for Democrats and libertarians that are highly unlikely to vote for Democrats that will vote for Republicans. So they need to understand that their ideas are in the minority, they are in the minority. The majority of Americans do not want critical race theory. The majority of Americans do not want secret transgender clubs. The majority do not want secret distribution of hormone blockers to children. The majority does not want to give kiddie porn predators a pass. No one wants crimes, no one wants high inflation, no one wants high taxes, no one wants high cost of fuel. The majority of the people do believe in fossil fuels. They want a clean environment. I understand that. They want to be good stewards of the environment. And that's why we need to focus more on natural gas. But the idea that, oh, the woke crowd says it's all about electric cars. How are you generating the electricity to charge the electric cars? Through fossil fuels. It's not coming through solar. It's not coming through wind turbines. It's a fraction of our energy needs. Liberals, are uh, liberals have gotten so wacko. They're really cannibalizing their very base with these uh, absurd academic and totally insane agenda items. I mean, the uh, ocasia or, or-, or- uh, Ortez Cort- uh, Cortez <laughs> AOC. I mean, she's such. A, I mean, she's so far in left field, the people are fleeing. They're running. Anyone with a small dose of intelligence is trying to get off the progressive plantation. Jen Psaki yesterday said that lawmakers who were working to protect minors from puberty blockers and transgender surgeries have been put on notice by the U.S. Department of Justice. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Quote, Alabama lawmakers and other legislators who are contemplating these discriminatory bills have been put on notice by the Department of Justice and the Department of Health and Human Services. Those you talk about two liberal whack jobs in charge of those two agencies. They're put on notice that laws and policies preventing care that healthcare professionals recommend for transgender minors may violate the Constitution and federal law. Saki said in a press briefing. Really? Um, Where in the Constitution do you find that, Jen? And what federal laws are you pointing to? Uh, You might be pointing to some agency uh, recommendations. They're not federal laws. You might be talking about a presidential executive order. Those are not federal laws. Saki's comments were in reference to the Alabama legislature passing a bill that would ban doctors from mutilating children and putting them on puberty blockers if they identify as the opposite sex. The Alabama Senate also passed a parental rights bill that eliminates teachers' instruction on sexuality and gender identity between kindergarten and fifth grade. Very similar to what we have in Florida, except that only goes to the third grade. The, quote, don't say gay bill, which is uh, a, a... A huge misrepresentation of the bill. Saki claimed Republicans fighting for such parental rights and protecting kids from irreversible trans surgeries and treatments are engaging in a disturbing, cynical trend of attacking vulnerable transgender kids for purely partisan political reasons. Wow. You talk about the cattle calling the pot black. Today in Alabama... Instead of this is from Jen today in Alabama, instead of focusing on critical, critical kitchen table issues like the economy, COVID or addressing the country's mental health crisis, (laughs) the mental health crisis, that's what progressives have. Republican lawmakers are currently debating legislation that, among many things, would target trans youth with tactics that threatens to put pediatricians in prison if they provide medically necessary, life-saving health care for kids they serve. Medically necessary. How is cutting off a young man's penis medically necessary? I'm sorry to be so blunt. How is that possibly medically necessary? It's child abuse. And putting these chemicals in, these puberty blockers, we have no clue as to what the long-term ramifications will be to a child's health as they grow up, having these chemicals pumped into them. I can tell you this, it ain't going to be good. We are going to have so many lawsuits, and and guess who's going to pay the bill? The taxpayers. Conservatives who fought these ridiculous notions— They'll end up having to pay out huge sums of money to these people when they go to sue. And she says, you know what? We're not interested in kitchen uh, table issues. Wait a minute. Who, Who is not focused on kitchen table issues? States like Florida and Alabama and all other conservative states that are fighting these ridiculous child abuse pieces of executive orders. I mean, it's not legislation. I mean, go find me the legislation that that says you must do these things. I mean, there are some liberals out there would like to say you must do these things, but the frankly, you know, these are kitchen table issues. Mom and dads around the nation where they they they're looking at each other and saying, "What in the world is going on?" That we have people pushing this kind of absurd destructive child abuse behavior what is going this is being talked around the kitchen table and the reason why the republicans are bringing up these issues in alabama and florida and elsewhere is because they're trying to stop your progressive agenda you are the ones that are pushing this stuff this is a reaction trying to protect the children from your ridiculous executive orders Biden, quote, this is from Saki again, President Biden has committed in both words and actions to fight for all Americans and will not hesitate to hold these states accountable. Wow. Jesse Signal, writing in The Cut back in 2016, noted that what's missing from the conversation about transgender kids is the rate of which these kids grow out of this gender confusion. Signal cited 11 available studies this is, this is six years ago. 11 available studies showing an overwhelming number of children who are gender confused outgrowing their confusion. And, quote, an Amsterdam study reported on 127 adolescents, 79 of them boys, and found that 80 of those adolescents, or about two-thirds, had grown out of their gender dysphoria. Um. Patients she got in touch with, by the time they were uh, young adults, 88 percent had grown out of this gender dysphoria. So I, I mean, bottom line is, you were you were promoting these life-altering surgeries and pumping these life-altering chemicals into kids where just just give them time. And they will grow out of this confusion. And frankly, I think 88% is a low number. I think it's a very low number. But, you know, social media, liberal organizations, they block this kind of information. we got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about for a Friday edition of News and Views. Stay with us. More coming up.
0: five o'clock drive my well, drive home should be a delight this is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on talk 96.3 at
2: 103.7 welcome back in town halls reporting that Michigan Attorney General Dana Nassel a Democrat said this week she will not defend the state's 91 year old law outlining abortion outlawing abortion In a lawsuit filed by Planned Parenthood of Michigan against her office, local outlets reported that Nestle said she would not set up a, quote, conflict wall in her office to defend the case unless she is ordered by a court. She apparently agrees with Planned Parenthood that the state's law enacted in 1931 and unenforced since 1973 is unconstitutional. Quote, this law is dangerous, she said. This law effectively strips women of their dignity and bodily autonomy and in some cases of their lives. I will not enforce it and neither will I defend it. I will take no part of driving women back into the dark ages of the back alleys, Nestle said, according to USA Today. This is malfeasance. Here you have an attorney general who's, what is an attorney general's job? It is to uphold and defend and enforce the laws of the state. And she is coming out and immediately saying that Planned Parenthood is suing the state of Michigan. And she comes out and says, well, instead of siding with the state, which I am elected to and paid to uphold, I'm going to side with those people that are suing the state. this This is malfeasance to the nth degree. The free press explained that the 1931 law makes providing an abortion in the state of Michigan a felony unless done so to protect the life of the mother. Though the state law became unenforceable after Roe, a Supreme Court case currently under review in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, which could overturn Roe and put Michigan's pro-life law back into effect. Nothing has changed except for Roe over these years. Nessel told reporters Thursday that the law protecting Michigan's unborn children endangers the lives of women and will result in women dying. This is such a false narrative. I mean, this is just absurd. Uh, The possibility of women dying if abortion is outlawed is minuscule. The possibility of tens of thousands of innocent babies dying is fact. "Quote: I will not utilize the resources of my department to to endanger the lives of millions of women in my state. I will not defend the state law unless ordered by court." Here is a simple solution for the state of Michigan, remove this person from her office. She refuses to do her job. She needs to be removed from office. I mean, she's already said, I'm not going to do my job. You know, if I had somebody working for me and they came to my office and said, I'm not going to do my job, I'd say, well, there's the door. Hit the road. Quote, I do not want to use the resources of my office, and I don't think I should be made to use the resources of my office to enforce a law that I know will result in women dying in this state. I didn't become attorney general so I could head an office that would put women in a position in which some of them would likely die. Look, with all due respect, that is so far over the top. And listen, if you feel like that, then resign and run for the legislature. Your job is not to decide which laws are right and which laws are wrong. Your job as AG is to see that the laws of your state are followed and enforced. And you refusing to do so is malfeasance, pure and simple. Uh, Nassel told reporters that she once had an abortion in 2002. She had become pregnant with triplets and was eventually told that she would miscarry all three unless she terminated one. That is not an abortion. That is not an abortion. That is called a medical emergency triage. In other words, okay, what we're going to do here is we're going to try to save lives. And unfortunately, Mom, one of the children, are we've got to take one away so the other two and you can survive. That's called a medical emergency triage. And quite frankly, the 1931 law allows for that. This woman is a progressive hack, pure and simple. You know what? Let's take our last time out before I get into these next two stories because they're good and I don't want to have to break into the middle of them. So uh, stay with us. More news and views coming up, including a story on how one Chicago church is celebrating um, the Easter season. We'll talk about that when we get back
0: beautiful day in the neighborhood a beautiful day for everybody. first thing you should do after work turn on the radio check in with tom and betty got to know what's happening in my city what's going on in my backyard
1: things that are happening
0: locally i like the local news things that i don't hear everywhere else I don't hear everywhere else. The local news you want. Kept me informed for all of the local stuff, you know. let me know what was going on in the local community. Eastern Carolina's news sources. News and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
2: Welcome back in. The Washington Times is reporting on a predominantly white congregation in suburban Chicago. They said they are, for Lent, the Easter season, they are, quote, fasting from whiteness. Can't make it up. They're fasting from whiteness by abstaining from performing hymns composed or written by white musicians. Mm. Nothing racist about that. (laughs) Why is it that uh, racism is only racism if uh, you're racist against minorities? I mean, this is racist. This is coming up and, frankly... I mean, when I go to church and we're singing a hymn, it never crosses my mind. What was the gender or the race of the person that wrote this hymn? Frankly, you'd have to go look it up. First church, First United Church of Oak Park said, quote, in our worship services throughout Lent, we will not be using any music or liturgy written or composed by white people. I'm going to ask you a question. What is the central piece of literature that churches are supposed to use? The Bible? Uh, Now, many of them were Jewish. Some were Greek. Some were Roman. But most of them were white. Did you toss that too? Our music will be drawn from the African-American spirituals, traditional, from the South African freedom songs, from Native American traditions, and many more. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You might want to avoid this church if you're visiting Chicago. For Lent, it's our prayer that in our spiritual disciplines, we may grow as Christians united in the body of Christ with people of all ages, nations, races, and origins. You know the irony of this? I mean, you say that, but what unites Christians is their relationship with Christ. It has nothing to do with race or gender or origins. It has everything to do with being one in Christ. It wasn't not the prayer of Christ. Father, may it be evident that uh, they would be one as you and I are one? The house of worship is, also rejected a Fasting from Whiteness sign on its front lawn, according to Turning Point USA. I'm sorry, they didn't reject it. They erected it. My bad. They erected a Fasting from Whiteness sign. We honor our Fast from Whiteness this Lent by prioritizing the voice of Bruce Rise Chow through a chapter of his book, In Defense of Kindness. Rouse authored the 2016 book, Don't Be an Asshat, an official handbook of raising parents and children in 2013, quote, but I don't see you as Asian, curating conver- conversations about race. The excerpt published by Turning Point USA says people who oppose violent protests speak from a place of privilege and therefore should refrain from trying to stop them. Most people do not engage in public protest or in expressing anger that may put risk on their life, work, or status. So when groups of people are pushed to their boiling point, the least helpful thing you can do is silence them. So let me ask you then, why is the church not tolerating white hymn writers? (laughs) Seems like you're uh, a little inconsistent here. In a video posted by the church, the Reverend Lydia Mulkey identified as the associate pastor of education, explained the fast. Quote, In this fast from whiteness, of course, I can't change the color of my skin or the way that allows me to move up through the world, but I can change what I listen to, whose voice I prioritize. And so that is kind of the place for our worship services through Lent, that we would fast for a time from prioritizing white voices. White voices. So how about prioritizing the word of God? Now, listen, I have no idea whether God is white, black, red. I mean, God is spirit, right? So he doesn't have a body like you and I have. I mean, Christ was a Jewish man born into a Jewish family. Uh, what What does God say in his word about this? John seven twenty four, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Romans two eleven, for God shows no partiality. Acts ten, thirty four and thirty five. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Romans ten twelve. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. James two nine. This is this hits it out of the park. James two nine. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin, and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Uh, this is bizarre. This is bizarre. But this is what happens when wokeness takes over a congregation, takes over a denomination. And what's the sad commentary is. Uh, This is becoming more and more commonplace. And in fact, I mean, we've always known that there has been a mainstream part of the church that has embraced liberalism for a long, long, long time. I mean, liberalism in, in church congregations have been around for a while. But the evangelical church, which has traditionally, you know, based everything upon the word of God, uh, they are losing it. Now, I don't know where this church is. It sounds like this church has been woke for a while, but my goodness, we need to get back to the word of God in our churches. Uh, Cause when you don't, you get this kind of bizarre behavior. It's uh It's mind-boggling. Hey, again, we want to remind folks there's a lot going on this weekend, the Trump rally in uh, eastern North Carolina. We've got the Azalea Festival down in Wilmington. And uh, Pirate Fest going on right now through tomorrow, all kinds of fun things to do. By the way, shout-out to uh, Greenville Little League. They uh, are in the midst right now. Started at 5 o'clock, the Greenville Little League uh, opening ceremonies. Baseball is back. Great time of the year. So uh, get out and enjoy cool but uh, lots of sunshine weather in uh, eastern North Carolina. And uh, get out and enjoy uh, the Pirate Fest. The uh, Wil- Wilmington Azalea Festival. Again, for more information on that, go to ncazaleafestival.org. Uh, go out and enjoy some Little League baseball. Go out and enjoy the sunshine. Get some uh, stuff done. It's Palm Sunday. This weekend is Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday, a week from Sunday. Uh, it is here. The pollen is starting to dissipate, so get out and enjoy and uh, go to church this Sunday. Find a church that uh, isn't woke, though. Okay, can you do that? And we'll all be sugar? back on Monday. Uh-huh. Uh, no, you know what? We're off on Monday. i got to be out of town. We'll be back on Tuesday. I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about. Stay with uh, News and Views and uh, stay with uh, 1037 and 96.3. And uh, we'll see you next next week at Tuesday, 5 o'clock. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody.
0: All right, all right, all right.